You're listening to The Long Game Podcast. I'm your host, Sandra Scaiano. We're talking about standing out and how to tap into this for yourself. In a competitive marketplace, it's important to portray your value and your remarkability to your ideal client. But what is your remarkability? What makes you stand out? It's more than your brand colors. You know, we talk here on the podcast about your core values, and these are going to be coming into play today. What kind of business do you want to have? You know, we know we're supposed to be unique, but the question always is, how? How do I figure that out? Today's guest, Rich Brooks, is here to take us through the remarkability formula as one way to clarify what makes you remarkable to your ideal client. Rich is the founder and president of Flight New Media, a digital agency in Portland, Maine. He is a nationally recognized speaker on entrepreneurship, digital marketing, and social media. He founded the Agents of Change, which is an annual conference and weekly podcast that focuses on search, social, and mobile marketing. Rich is also the author of The Lead Machine, The Small Business Guide to Digital Marketing. Yes, he literally wrote the book on digital marketing. And he has appeared in a number of publications uh, over the years, including Inc. Magazine, The Huffington Post, FastCompany.com, CNN.com, and many other news sources for stories on digital marketing. So today, Rich is here with us, and we are talking about when you work on clarifying what makes you remarkable, and you begin to figure it out, there are some great benefits to your business. Rich goes into the four parts to the remarkability formula, and he gives some tangible examples of how it can look and how it can improve your business. What's really interesting is how the steps of the formula work together. Because we discuss that most people doing this work would stop at the first part, step one. But it's really in the layering of these different components, that's where you really discover your remarkability. And we all get to exhale as our conversation takes us to how you can't implement everything at once. You know, it's a process. And we talk about, you know, how do you prioritize this? Rich also shares about his conference, The Agents of Change, and his podcast by the same name, where he deep dives into search, social, and mobile marketing. Rich shares that social is only part of the solution. Search is actually the biggest component, which is such amazing insight. And for me, what I love about what Rich does with The Agents of Change is that he's bringing the latest in these topics forward and really making that information accessible. And for Rich, He's just focusing on what he's interested in. And that alone is such a great takeaway from our conversation. Now, when he makes the point that if we start to understand all of these new concepts now as they're coming in, you know, we will be better positioned as all of these industries evolve. This is such a smart and insightful conversation with doable steps that will improve what you do on your day to day. The long game is the remarkability formula with Rich Brooks. In a world where everyone is doing, it's easy to get lost in a sea of comparison, secret tricks, and promises of overnight success. The long game? That's my approach to business. You gotta show up, you gotta do the work, and there are no quick fixes for long-term success. It takes creativity, it takes strategy, and it takes listening to the voice inside you. I'm a web designer, digital strategist, and energetic thinker, bringing you real-world business-building experiences, conversations with creators who are out there doing it now, 
and ideas to spark the energy in your own business. And along the way, we're going to have a little bit of fun as well. So thanks for being here and let's get to today's episode. Welcome to another episode of The Long Game Podcast. I'm your host, Sandra Scaiano. I am so excited for today's guest. Today, we have Rich Brooks with us. He is the founder and president of Flight New Media, which is a digital agency in Portland, Maine, and they do have the best URL, takeflightflyte.com. He's been in business for 25 years and is a nationally recognized speaker on entrepreneurship, digital marketing, and social media. He has founded the Agents of Change, which is an annual conference and weekly podcast that focuses on search, social, and mobile marketing. Rich is also the author of The Lead Machine, the small business guide to digital marketing. And he appears regularly as the tech guru on the evening news, which airs on uh, the NBC affiliates in Maine. And he's been in Inc. Magazine, The Huffington Post, Fast Company, CNN, all of that. So I am so excited to have you join us today, Rich. Welcome. I'm really excited too. And, you know, listening to all those things, it almost sounds like I'm a big deal. So I really I mean, appreciate really? that. <laughs> I know. Either that uh, or I've just been around too long, one or the other. Yeah. <laughs> to introduce Rich and then we'll move on. Okay. So we're here to talk about something, you know, really specific today. You know, when you look out on the online landscape, you know, so many of my listeners and, and my clients also you know, encounter this, you know, there are a number of services and coaches and courses and, you know, people can seem to have the same offer or seem to serve the same audience. And, you know, it can feel really crowded there. So standing out is important and each of us has it in us, right? But you've got to tap into that. So you're here to talk about your remarkability formula that really helps people find that, identify it and elevate. Absolutely. So, and, and you brought up a great point. It is a competitive marketplace. I know a lot of your listeners must be dealing with that. And so it's really important as quickly as possible to really portray your value and your remarkability to your ideal clients. And this came about from a number of conversations I've been having with businesses over the years about how they do stand out and what makes them different. Because there was a time where you just needed a website or you just needed to optimize that website for Google or you just needed to be on Facebook. And that was a differentiator. But those days are long past. And so these days, really what some of the first steps whenever I work with a client is what makes you remarkable, which is a frightening question to be yeah, asked. Do they out know of the, blue. the answer? Do people, what's your general, like, do some people know, come to you knowing that or do you have to develop that with them? I would say it's rare that people have really come down to it. And and when I talk about remarkability, so a couple of things, what is, this is a big, scary word. I get that. But what I'm really asking is what makes you stand out? What mm-hmm. would make somebody remark about your business or your course or your coaching that's going to be different from everybody else? And so that's really what I want people to think about. And once you really start to go through this process, which I've come to call the remarkability formula, and there are four lenses, and we'll hopefully talk about each of those. It's a process. Like we know that we're supposed to have a unique value proposition or a purple cow or a blue ocean strategy. But just because we know we're supposed to get there, sometimes it's hard to figure out how to get there. So I found that this process is one way that people can really start to clarify what makes them remarkable to their ideal clients. And when you've gone through this process, when you come out the other side, you'll find that you have a much better sense of who your ideal customer is. 
And you're also going to create some real high barriers to competition. Mm-hmm. And then finally, you're going to find that your marketing is so much easier and effective. So all those benefits come from going through a process like this. one. Yeah, I would imagine the messaging, it's so much easier once you know who you are and what you want to say in that case. All right, so let's Absolutely. let's go through. Let's go through the four lenses. Right. First one. So I'll mention all four lenses. I'll give you a very top view of it, but then we can dive into each one. I've got examples that I'm happy to share too. So the four lenses are find, focus, forge, and frame. So find is all about there's already something remarkable in your business, and it's just up to you to identify it and name it. Mm-hmm. Focus is all about niching down, niching down until it hurts, until you are the only <laughs> person or business serving your ideal customer in a very specific way around a very specific pain point. Forge is a little bit harder for people to really wrap their heads around because what Forge is, is you create something extrinsic to your main offering, but that's still in alignment with your mission and values. And finally, Frame is kind of like a partner with Fine. It's something that already exists in your business, but you position it in a new way that really unveils the remarkable features to your ideal customer. So find, focus, forge, and frame. Those are the four lenses that I like to take people through, or they can do it themselves to kind of help them uncover what makes them remarkable. Okay. And I just want to say too, that like, I love a framework. I think a framework frees you up. And for people who are listening, taking on this framework, because as you talk, even, I think most people would stop at find. Okay. I've identified what makes me unique and now I'm going to run with it, right? They don't go through the rest of the process because, uh, you know, people ask, how do I do that? All of that. But the framework helps them to move through all the way through the process. Yes. And also it may be that you don't find something remarkable in your business today. So you might have to create something. And the other thing is when you go through the process and you may not find something in each category, As you start to find things in different categories and you layer those upon each other, that's when you really develop something remarkable that then you can use to go out and market yourself. That's super cool. So Larry, let's dig into Find. Tell us a little bit about the strategy behind that. So like I said, Find is usually where I want to start because you don't have to make any changes to your business. What what (laughs) makes you remarkable already exists. And Look inside. (laughs) Right. One interesting example of this is when I was a first time home buyer, bought my first home, dire need of a paint job. Like the previous family, just that wasn't really on the top of their list. They moved out, we moved in. And from everybody who I talked to, basically what they told me is, oh, it's a nightmare. They're going to come to your house. They'll spend a week or more there. They're going to park their trucks all over your lawn. There's going to be scaffolding. It's going to feel like they're there forever. One guy I talked to said, I can get the whole thing done in two days. I'm like, oh my God, great. You're hired. The way he did this is he shows up with 20 guys in five vans and literally they jump out of the truck at the break of dawn. They throw up the ladders. They paint every last board. I think they were singing sea shanties the whole time, but I might just be (laughs) embellishing that part. I'm not sure. But the bottom line is they come back two days later, they do the second coat and they're done. And as you can imagine, my neighbors took notice of this. You know, it was a remarkable thing. They hadn't seen this before. And again, a very key element here is it's hard to replicate, especially in today's job market. But having that many people on staff is not something that another painting company is going to try and go head to head with you on. So that's an important element of every remarkable incident is like, is this going to be easy for somebody to copy? 
It's easy for them to copy an Instagram post that I do or a Facebook ad campaign that I do. It's not so easy for them to hire all those people and keep them on staff the whole time. So think That's about what example. makes you different and, and how to do it. And you know, we don't have time to go into all the examples, but pricing could be a differentiator. Mm-hmm. The product could be a differentiator. Deliverability could be a differentiator. There's a lot of different things depending on your industry that you may already do. And what I'd recommend is if you've been in business for any length of time, go talk to your customers. Mm-hmm. Why did they choose you? Why do they continue to choose you? They may tell you things that you didn't think was a big deal, but if you start hearing those things over and over again, then you know you're onto something. Yeah, I have a client who I was talking with. She's a um, exercise professional. And when we first started talking, I know that she's a trained chef as well. And I said, oh, that's going to be awesome, like that you're a trained chef. And she even told me via text, she wrote me a text like, I thought that was weird that you said that. And now, several months later that she's really in her business, she's giving recipes, talking food, all of this. Like I knew you need to combine exercise and food to be successful, right? Exercise and nutrition. And she literally texted me to be like, I thought it was weird when you said that, but I'm really leaning into the fact that I'm a chef now and I have all this history. Like it's separating her as a trainer, as a personal trainer from other people. Right. There obviously are other personal trainers who talk about nutrition, but there are probably very few who are a trained chef and right. can come at it from that angle. So that's a great example right there. All right, let's move on to focus. Yeah, so focus is all about niching down, and we all know the benefits and the pain points around niching down. But the whole idea here is the more narrow you get, as long as there's enough customers in that, you know, still in that customer base the more successful you're going to be because the less competition there's going to be. And there's a couple of different sides to this. So one side, you know, just as an example, my new home, when I moved into it, needed to get oil. For those of you who don't live in the Northeast, (laughs) that's how we generally heat our homes here is with oil deliveries. And so I went online and did, you know, Google cheapest oil delivery near me. And I found this company. And when I looked at their service area, they were like literally like just skimming my street. So I called them up and I asked them if uh, they would take me on as a new client. And they, they declined. They said, we don't deliver to that neighborhood. And I respected that because the way that they are able to keep their prices so low is by not trucking that oil all over and just really focusing on that small area. Now, I'm not saying they couldn't come up with other solutions, open up another station, whatever it is, but this was a really good example of them being able to be remarkable by narrowing what they actually offer. And the other thing that's really good about niching down is when it comes to something important, we value experts over generalists and we Mm -hmm. reward experts over generalists too. You know, you and I were talking before we got on and I asked you about your audience and you were very clear on the people you serve and that you don't really serve people outside of that industry or or whatever it may be. That's really critical because then you become the go-to person for your ideal customer. So that's something else that you want to keep in mind is, is how do I do this? And by working with that same audience or by delivering that same service over and over and over again, you become much better at it and you become the go-to person and you can charge a lot more for it. In fact, one of the stats that when I was doing all this research that came up is back in, I think it was 2019, the average American general practitioner made a very comfortable $247,000 in annual salary, but the average specialist made $399,000, right? made more money by arguably knowing less and right. being able to help fewer people. 
But when you need that hip replacement or whatever it is you may need, then you're willing to spend the money, get the expert. Yeah, hundred percent. And you know, an expert goes deep into that subject, right? Like, right, so exactly. It's, it's you're getting all of the features that you need there. So, you know, one thing I want to mention though is that this seems to be a process. Like, you know, we talk about this remarkability formula right now, but like, there are parts like it doesn't happen fast. It's a long game, right? Like, the remarkability formula is a long game, so to speak, because even focusing and niching down, like. You've got to identify that and start to move your yourself in a direction. Absolutely. And way to work in your your theme there. So absolutely <laughs> right. And we haven't even gotten to the things that might take longer. So yeah. <laughs> but absolutely. And then once you've identified your remarkability, there's still the process of updating your marketing material, your communication, your audience targeting, and a whole lot more. Mm-hmm. All right. So forge. Let's forge forward. Forge, yes. Forge is one that people are like, huh? The first time they hear it. And the whole idea here is that you create something that is outside of your main offering, that are, is optional and not irrelevant to your main offering, but you don't need to go with that to hire you. And a really good example of this, there's a few examples, but one of my favorite examples is the company Barilla, the pasta company. And, you know, I don't know about you, if you've ever overcooked spaghetti or pasta, most of us have, you know, it, it says on the side of the box how long we're supposed to cook it, but right. the phone rings, we get distracted and suddenly dinner's ruined, right? So Barilla came up with this very creative way of avoiding that. And the way they did this is they created a series of Spotify playlists that are the exact length of cooking the different pastas to al dente. And when you go to Spotify and you find these playlists, you'll see that they contain music by Italian artists and the cover art is done by Italian artists as well. And it's time to be perfect al dente pasta. And this is all in keeping in alignment with Barilla's belief mm-hmm. that cooking is art, right? So you don't need these playlists, right? right? You can just tell your smart speaker to set the time or whatever. It's not that big a deal. But it's this creative approach that really gets people thinking about the brand, gets reporters and journalists writing about the brand, foodies talking about the brand. So you don't need it, but it adds so much to it. So that's just one good example of how you could do this. Another one would be, you know, I know that you want to talk about it, but we put on an annual conference here in Maine called the Agents of Change. It's all about digital marketing. My agency, Flight New Media, we're a digital agency. So there's a lot of overlap here. But by creating this conference that has up to 400 people show up and speakers from around the world up in this little corner of the country that only has one area code for the entire state, (laughs) that's remarkable, right? Any of my competitors could easily copy my search engine optimization plans, my Facebook ad plans, my websites, all that sort of stuff. They're they're out there for people to steal. Right. It's not so easy to put on a three to 400 people person conference around digital marketing in Maine, get everything pulled together, get these speakers. I mean, a lot of the speakers I'm friends with, so I can get them here for much less than, you know, my competitors. So they, other agencies in town, they have to find their own remarkability. This is my area and they're unlikely to go head to head with me when it comes to putting on a conference like this. And I love that point you bring up in terms of this gets media people talking, this gets them, it's it's really understanding your message because that's the first thing I thought of. And I did hear about the Barilla piece through 
some marketing a few years ago. And so, you know, and I thought this is genius. You know, it's a great brand extension, but it gives the industry something to talk about. It gives your customers something to talk about. And it's also, I mean, we don't really talk so much anymore about the lifestyle brand, but it rounds out what you do as well. So the Barilla example is such an, a lifestyle example of how we're going to do our branding and marketing in a way that isn't so in your face, right? Absolutely. And, you know, it gave them another platform to market on. Oh, that totally. mixtape spaghetti playlist they have, I think, has <laughs> over 16,000 likes on Spotify. So there you go. So awesome. All right, Frame. So yeah, Frame is the last one. And this one also, sometimes people don't exactly get, but in Frame, I'm not asking you to do anything you're not already doing, but maybe you can uncover a new way of positioning what you offer. And a couple quick examples. One would be Red Bull. And Red Bull, when they first came to market to go global, they could have just gone head to head with other sugary carbonated drinks like Coke and Pepsi, and they would have been crushed. Instead, what they did is they packaged in a smaller can, they charged twice as much, and they promoted the one ingredient that wasn't in the other brands, which was Tori. By doing this, then they positioned themselves as an energy drink. And now they own 43% of the market in this new arena of energy drinks, and they made $6 billion a couple of years ago in sales. So that's obviously great success and a good example of frame. Another one that's on a much smaller scale, and I learned about this through Matthew Pollard, who wrote The Introvert's Edge. He's also a business coach, and he was working with this woman, Wendy Huang. Wendy was a very successful educator teaching people Mandarin. And business was great. And then all of a sudden, all these low-cost alternatives flooded the market because of online, because of all these different factors. And she saw her market share erode. And she hired Matthew to figure out what was going on. And as he looked through her customer base, he saw that she was working with two clients who were business people who had been relocated to or were being relocated to China. And she wasn't just teaching them Mandarin. She was teaching them about business etiquette in China. And she was also working with their spouses and children so that they could um, better just be ready for this new environment that they were about to be thrust into. A company moving an employee to China and their whole family, if it fails, it's very expensive exercise. So he said, what you should be doing, it sounds like what you're really doing here is you're teaching people to succeed in China. And she's like, yeah, I guess I am. From then on in, she became the China success coach. And now she's not competing with a bunch of lookalike offers. Instead, she's just focused. And so this is how you start to layer these things. She's focused on helping business people succeed in China. And that's a huge shift that, again, just shows her ideal customer where the value actually lies. It wasn't anything she wasn't already doing. Right. It was just about that repositioning. That's super smart. And she's still offering what some of the other competitors are offering, you know, learn the language, something like that. But she's really messaging it in a whole holistic way, so to speak. Absolutely. She's got a whole package that's really going to help people achieve a specific goal where before she was just teaching Mandarin. And you've said to me previously that and I loved this phrase that remarkability is like beauty, right? I mean, hers is a, is a great example of that. It's in the eye of the beholder. Can you tell us a little bit about that? 
Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there may be things about my business that I think are remarkable, but if my customers don't care, then it doesn't matter. So it's not remarkable. It really is. Beauty being in the eye of the beholder, so is remarkability. And likewise, there may be things I think are just like, obviously, I'm going to set up Google Data Studio for you if I'm running your Google Ads. Well, it turns out that that's actually something that a lot of people weren't doing for their clients. So that could be, you know, it's really up to your customers to tell you what's remarkable. And again, this is why if you've been in business for any length of time, I do recommend doing interviews with your current client base, finding out why they chose you, finding out why they stick with you, finding out why they recommend you to people, because that's really going to help you hone in on what other people and your ideal clients will find remarkable about your business. That's such an interesting point, because I think sometimes people are hesitant to ask. And really, the customers are eager to tell you and share that with you if you do ask them. And I think it also goes one step further into what do they need? Because if all of these other agencies aren't setting up the Google Data Studio and they need that because they can't do the tracking without it or they can't do one piece of the puzzle without that and you're able to fill that in, that almost becomes an instant differentiator for you. Absolutely. I mean, we heard for several years as people left other agencies and came to ours, like, you know, I asked them like, what wasn't working for you? And they'll say, oh, well, they never brought us any new ideas. It was always me. And often they were listening to my podcast. You know, I'd hear something on your podcast, I'd bring it to them and then they'd implement it, but there were no fresh ideas or they weren't very transparent. It was hard to get them on the phone. So when we sat down and looked at our own marketing, we're like, we feel like we're doing a lot of these things right, but let's just take it, you know, let's turn it to 11. Like, let's really focus in on this. Let's put it in our marketing material. Let's promise things right up front. Let's explain why there's value in these things for the some people who may not realize that there's value here. But this is the company that we're going to be. And this is how we become remarkable. Not the only thing. But again, even if you find something you're like, well, I'm not sure that that's remarkable. Maybe it's just a little uncommon or unusual. Well, when you start pairing it with other uncommon and unusual things, at some point, it does end up becoming remarkable. And it goes back to what we were saying on the long game, right? It is a process because you don't think of everything at once. So you work in your business, you move along, and then you think of something else to add, and that starts to add to it. It allows you to move the needle into your narrowing down and all of that as well. And even if you are like me and you have a million thoughts in your head. So you are thinking about everything at once. You can't implement everything at once, right? So that's where the long game kind of comes in. It's like, how do I prioritize these things if I can't tackle everything at once and then start to it? And once you have this, then you can start to think about like, okay, how will this change the targeting on my Facebook ads? Or how will this change the language I use for search engine optimization and those kind of things? So once this happens, a lot of the other digital marketing work that you and I do becomes easier because it's just clearer. The targets are clearer. Who we're speaking to is clearer. What they need to hear from us is clearer. Again, it just makes that marketing easier and more effective. And I would also think that as a business owner, they become more comfortable with that language. You know, I have taken clients through a re-messaging where, all right, This is where they plant their flag now, right? And they are very secure in going down those bullet points of their messaging. And so you do it on the back end, but they also need to be comfortable and do it on the front end as well. Absolutely. All right. So let's, you mentioned the podcast. I want to talk about Agents of Change, which is both the name of the conference uh, that you mentioned and your podcast. You know, 
I love that name. It's it's a little hollow justice to me. So, you know, I know that's something that you're interested in. So tell us like what goes on there? Like what are those conversations that you're having? Sure. Well, I mean, the brand came about just because I was looking to do something that was a little bit outside of flight and a little bit more on the side for the do-it-yourselfers. You know, Mm -hmm. we love to work with clients, but, you know, not everybody can afford us or maybe they've already got somebody else or whatever the case may be. And so I wanted to be able to do more. And I love talking about this sort of stuff. So, you know, I was looking for a name and originally I was loving the words like catalyst and... um, but I couldn't seem to come up with the right name for it. And I went to the thesaurus. I saw Agents of Change. And as we've discussed, kind of a comic book nerd. I know this is for people who aren't looking. There's a number of Spider-Man artifacts, <laughs> a Batman doll. I'm sorry, action figure in the background. I've got a 1978 Spider-Man wall calendar hanging on my wall, which is correct every seven years. And it's correct this year. So we discovered That's that awesome. this morning on our yeah. <laughs> right before you record. That's exciting. So, I mean, like this is kind of my personal vibe and, and yeah. I just love this sort of stuff. But also the idea that, you know, I wanted to put together a learning area or resource that talked about everything that was changing. And at the time when I came up with this brand, everybody was talking about social media, myself included. It was new. It was remarkable if your business was already utilizing it. But I knew from working with all of my clients that social is only part of the solution. And for a lot of our clients, it's actually not even the biggest driver of traffic or business. That's actually search. And then, you know, so the other thing that was really not being talked about a lot in 2012 when I started the brand was mobile marketing. And I'm like, this is going to be so big and so important. So I created these three agents of change. And if you look at the logo, you'll see that one is search and one is social and one is mobile. So in some ways, those were the agents of change. Although all the people come on my podcast and all the people listen to my podcast or go to the conference are also agents of change within their own businesses and organizations too. So that's kind of the vibe. It's about learning these really important things so that you can run your business better today, but also what's coming next. So a lot of the conversations we've had in the last couple of years have moved away from mobile marketing, which now everybody feels comfortable with, or it's almost like built into everything, Right. To Let's talk about neuromarketing. Let's talk about AI. Let's talk about, is there actually, should I care about things like NFTs and blockchain? And I'm not saying you should or you shouldn't, but it's a mix of what's working today, but also what we need to pay attention. And what, yeah, that's a lot of what we do here too, is the exposure to the ideas. So you can see if that's something that's right for you as well. We talk here on The Long Game a lot about building community. And I think with Agents of Change, that is something that you've really done. You've built both a audio and a, you know, a community who is absorbing that media as well as an in-person community by having your conference. Yeah. I, I, and I love seeing that because my whole thing has always been, I just like to throw a party w- around a theme or an idea. And so really the conference had become that, or, you know, we had stopped with COVID, but we're bringing it back this year. October 4th October. here in Portland, Maine, if anybody's interested. Definitely. Um, and we're also going to do a series of workshops on the following day that are a little bit more in depth. But one of the things that I've heard from a lot of speakers over the years is I love the size of the conference and I love the people who are at the conference. Like, I don't know if it's because they're from Maine or because it's a small community or whatever, but they're just so friendly and open and welcoming, which is usually not what people say about New Englanders, but that's besides the point. <laughs> But yeah, and so it's it's that kind of vibe. And when you get to that, then there is this real sense of community that you can develop. 
Yeah, because you, you know, and then for even the people who don't come in person, that podcast piece, like I have been talking about shifting my own thought of like what community means nowadays because of, mm-hmm. you know, the shifts in algorithms on social media and all of that. There are these other platforms and having a podcast, you know, you do build a community, you build a relationship with your listeners, all of that. So, you know, that's a whole nother piece that is different than the traditional communities of social media as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's happening in October and we will have links to all of it, where to find you on social, where to find your websites, um, definitely the podcast. I mean, there's so much to check out. I love that you're talking a lot on the podcast about what's happening now. And that to me is, is really interesting because, you know, you can have a, there are certain threads in business that are just, that's good business. That's branding, right? It's kind of the same idea for the long term. But to talk about what's working now in Facebook ads, what we're doing now in social or what we're doing in SEO, that is really an important piece that you're bringing to light with all of the different guests that you have. And that's something because I'm interested in it, right? So it's it's easy for me because I do look forward. And I was talking, I belong, I started an agency mastermind where three other owners and I get together every couple of weeks on Zoom and we talk about like how to improve our businesses. And I was mentioning the fact that actually the most recent episode of the Agents of Change podcast was me interviewing Chat GPT. And I was really excited about it because I thought it came out brilliant. I prompted the questions and then I got the questions, you know, answered from ChatGPT. So clever. <laughs> I found this other AI tool called Well Said, and I ended up using it. It changes text into voice and they've got all these different voices you can use. And some of them are very conversational. And I sent this over to a friend of mine who had just done something on ChatGPT, John Loomer, and he's like, it took me like a minute or two to realize that it wasn't a human being who was doing the voiceovers, you know, that it was like, that's how good it was. So for me, that was really, you know, a great exercise and really taught me a lot about how AI is going to impact our businesses. I mentioned this in the agency mastermind. And one of the guys like, yeah, I'm not talking anything about AI because that's not my brand. Like my brand is not about you know, what's the newest and the greatest things. It's about what works day in and day out. And he's absolutely right. And his stuff is brilliant for that, right. but it's not the same as my stuff, which is great because we each should be doing what makes us fascinated by what's going on and, and teaching people in the ways that make sense to them, but also have interest to us. Yeah. And I think it's important conversations because, you know, one of the things I always say is like, we can't know it all. One person cannot know it all. And so we need to rely on each other, whether it's in those small masterminds and getting together in community with other business owners or listening to media, podcasts, all of that to expose you to ideas. You know, when I, I did two episodes on AI here, and one of the things I brought up was just, this is important for you to know so that all the platforms you're engaging with already use AI, you know? So like, if you understand how the platform is using AI, you can better manage your marketing on that platform, right? You can better understand what's going on. I used Etsy as an example, who has a very large AI influence on their, their work. And, you know, that's what I really think is great about what you're doing there is that you're talking about what's happening now and certain things die off. I mean, we were talking and, and not sure. in a negative way, like maybe the, the pot, the luster wears off a little bit. Um, you know, I was talking with someone yesterday and they were like, whatever happened to the, um, 
the chat thing. And I was like, oh yeah, like people kind of got into it and they moved off, right? And, you know, so sometimes that happens. Sometimes there's a flurry of things and everybody wants to check it out. And it's important to talk about what's happening. I agree. And like you said, not everything is going to pan out, but that's kind of like what being on the cutting edge is all about. Like not everything is, but the more that we understand it, and there are certain things I'm willing to bet a little bit more on, like AI is not going away. A hundred percent. Even though I'm not a cryptocurrency bro and I don't really do it. And I, if I own an NFT, it was by accident. At the same time, the idea that, you know, blockchain is important and the idea of cryptocurrency money will go digital at some point and mm-hmm. some point soon. So the more we understand about what's going on now, we'll be able to better understand what comes next. And I said that when we were first starting to play around with social media, when there were a hundred different channels to choose from or platforms, I'd say it's like, the more you use these tools, when the next one comes out, you'll already kind of have a lot of the understanding of how to make this work for you. And I just saw that LinkedIn now has a business platform similar, and we just got into this for one of our clients, similar to Facebook's business platform backend. Mm-hmm. Because we know Facebook's so well, adding LinkedIn to the repertoire is very easy. So again, it's it's these things about you start to learn the more pieces you can put together, the easier it is to learn that next step and be ready for what comes next. Right. And it really is the agents of change because everything is changing all the time. Absolutely. <laughs> it's constant. Well, I want to thank you so much, Rich, for coming and sharing Again, we're going to have links to the podcast, to your conference, your services, your website, and your social on the show notes. So everyone go check out the show notes to find that and really spend some time and think about what makes you remarkable so that you can stand out from the crowd. Thanks for coming, Rich. My absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining me today. You can access more information, links mentioned in this episode, and the show notes at thelonggamepodcast.net. If today's show connected with you in some way, please share it with your friends or hop on and leave a review. Both of these make a really big difference. All right, until next time, keep playing the long game.